Welcome to Sword and Shield, the official podcast of the 960th Cyberspace Wing. Join us for insight, knowledge, mentorship, and some fun as we discuss relevant topics in and around our wing. Please understand that the views expressed in this podcast are not necessarily the views of the U.S. Air Force nor the Air Force Reserve, and no endorsement of any particular person or business is ever intended. Good day, gladiators. This is Francis Martinez, the Director of Psychological Health for the 960th Cyberspace Wing, here um, with Miss Casey Arridge. Thank you, Casey, for joining us. Thanks for having me. And uh, so November is National Military Family Appreciation Month. And this is something that we have to celebrate our families and show thanks. Um, and just that, that great deal of appreciation for supporting our airmen. Yes. Um, and Military Family Appreciation Month was established in 1993. And every president since then has signed a proclamation um, declaring uh, November National Military Family Month. So um, it's got a longstanding tradition um, and it's a time for everyone to recognize the sacrifices of, of the entire military family. It's not just the member that serves. It's, it's, the, it's the wife, it's the children, it's the husband, it's um, everyone in the family. And I think a lot of the times we talk about like I mean, obviously, my husband was in the military for 20 years and, and you know, you're a spouse of a of a AGR. So all of us have these experiences and sometimes we get a little I don't want to say neglected, but we don't get all of the information sometimes like what's happening. And I'm a very, uh, you know, I'm a witness of this for myself, uh, with my husband being active duty for so long, I couldn't tell you anything that was happening at, at his job, you know, uh, what's going on on base. Cause I just didn't have that connection and I didn't know how to get those connections. Yeah. That, that connection piece is hard to come by. And, um, I think that's even more uh, difficult in the reserve in that, um, you know, when you've got the members that are traditional reservists and they don't, um, they don't do the job full time. Um, it's just the one weekend a month or two weeks a year kind of thing that, um, the civilian career is just like everybody else. And, and the, the military is kind of like an after thought and, mm -hmm. and it's in, and they don't really see that as a big part of their life. It's just a teeny little piece. But we have those TRs that also don't live near a military installation. <laughs> and so then that puts another layer of complication on like a lot of these things that we're trying to do and trying to connect them with. Um, I know I, it was a big shocker to me to hear from Colonel Erich that sometimes military spouses and family member dependents don't even have a military ID. And I'm like, what do you mean they don't have a military <laughs> ID? I don't understand how that's even possible. Um, and he said, well, they sometimes don't even set foot ever on a military installation. And so for me, growing up an army brat and then, you know, uh, marrying into the Air Force, it's it's a complete difference uh, being active duty my whole life as a dependent and then seeing the reserve side of the house and what that really looks like. Yeah. And um, he tells another story too. That's really funny that there was a spouse at the, at the member's retirement that um, 
just learned at the retirement that he was getting paid. <laughs> she thought he was doing it just for fun and, and that it was just something he'd like to go do and then found out about the retirement at the retirement ceremony. And she was like, wait, what? <laughs> so, um, where did all this money go? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah, the, the, the traditional reserve families, you know, they don't necessarily always know, um, that they're not near the insulation. And then, um, because it's, it's, kind of like an afterthought, like I said before, they, they don't know that there are organizations that are out there to assist them, you know, um, and maybe help them with something that a child is struggling with or, or struggles that they're having. Um, and, and, they, and they don't know that it's available to them. Yeah. And, um, and so you being the key spouse mentor for the whole wing, you know, you are really drilling that um, service and, and support line to our families. I know there was a big increase in new key spouses throughout the wing. I think you're like leading the best practices uh, for for the, for Africa. Uh, but you know, this is something that we have to do, right? We have to find creative ways to connect with our families and let them know that we're here to support them in addition to their service member. Um, and that's why like, I love the position that I'm in because I can help anyone, um, that's connected with the wing to include family members and, um, spouses, but it doesn't matter what status you're in. Right. And, and so I think a lot of the times, like if you call the mental health clinic or you call, you know, Wilford hall or, or any of these other, uh, resources, like you have to be in status or we can't service you. Um, and so I know like your support is, um, is really helping, um, and changing the culture really. Yeah. Um, and, and the keys, the key spouse program, yeah, is, is a, is a vital connection to the families. And, and we want to be that that's part of the reason why we've made sure that we've kind of, I guess, for a good word, infiltrated, um, like all of the units is to make sure that, um, every unit has a key spouse so that those family members have a, a way to access those resources and find out, you know, what they have access to and, and, it's not necessarily those families that they have to come to get the information. We want to just push it out so that they see it and that they know that it's available and to take take advantage of it. I mean, if, it, if it's there, you know, we want to be using these these services because when they don't get used, then sometimes they go away. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, we want to make sure that that families, regardless of status, um, know that they they are appreciated every day and 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 some of the ways are are the different services that different organizations um, might offer up yeah and there, there are just a ton of different support organizations i mean the chaplain services uh, airmen and family readiness mflax key spouses um i mean the list goes on and on military one source is always a great um, option as well um, and so what we're trying to do is continue the messaging, um, to our families by sending home newsletters and trying to get that information in the house. I wish I had that, um, because I didn't. And so I know if I would have had that type of information, then I would have been more engaged and involved and 
my kids would have different activities, um, you know, within my husband's organization. And so, um, this is something that I've noticed and I wanted to change. And, and that's why, you know, we, we work really hard to get these newsletters sent home to our families, um, and let them know what we're doing and what services are available to them. And, and my experience was similar. The first, first, 10 years of um, Rick's military career, we were active duty and I had no clue about any of the stuff that I now like go out and preach. I had no idea it was available to, to me, you know? Um, and, and, uh, I, I found it very hard to like connect with other military spouses. I'm not really a, a spouse club person. That's just not my, <laughs> it's not my jam. Um, and so it, it was hard for me to find, people, um, you know, and so I, that's it, partially why I got involved with the key spouse program was, um, to, to help families and, and be that conduit, um, to, to help connect, mm-hmm. connect spouses and, and get them, um, in the know. And it's, it's funny that you say that. So I wanted to take a little piece of what you're saying because, um, getting to know new people, right. We are military spouses that travel at PCS that's, you know, when our spouses deploy, we're stuck at home and have to figure life out. Um, and so all of that transition and granted, there's a ton of resources for the service members, right deployment, pre-deployment, yellow ribbon programs, and things like that. Um, But again, I think we forget about the family members um, sometimes in that process. And that's, you know, we really want to make sure that we are focusing on them and supporting them, especially through all of those rough transitions. Yep. Um, and, and when you say, when you say that it, you know, we want to make sure that we're supporting. So you might be a single airman, um, and, and a deployment might be affecting say your parents. Um, you know, you might not be married and have kids, but your parents might be affected by it. You know, um, we, we truly want to support anyone and appreciate, um, any family member, um, that comes, comes along, and, and help guide them and, and help them through the, the process. Yeah. I remember I can, I can think of a time when, uh, we had just PCS, um, to my husband went to the Pentagon. And so on base, I, I had at the time she was four years old and I'm like, okay, well time to meet some people, you know, um, and figure out life for myself when he's gone, who knows at what time, um, of the day. And so, it was like, okay, well, I'm going to enroll her in daycare or like the little, um, half day pre-K type thing. And then I started meeting moms there. And then it's like a little awkward because you don't want to like push yourself on them and you don't know what they're thinking. And, And so just that whole adjustment phase of getting to know new people. Um, I think part of it helps where I am today. Cause I, now I'm, I'm, well, I'm always super extroverted, but it's just that uncomfortable, like, you know, when it's a professional, like you have to do it versus like when you're trying to make friends. <laughs> and I think that's like the uncomfortable part of it. Right. And it's just a transition. Can you imagine what our kids go through, you know, like, going to high school and having to make those different transitions. Um, and so it's, it's very, very challenging. I can only imagine. Yeah. And, and the kids 
adjust differently. Mm-hmm. Um, we moved a kid as a senior and he seemed to do okay. Um, and, and now we've moved others, um, not as seniors, but, uh, as teenagers still. Um, and it's, it's a hard adjustment. I mean, they like sit in their rooms and I'm like, why don't you go outside and head to the basketball court and play? No, I'm good here. You know? And so they, they, they all adjust differently and have different levels of comfortableness as to what they're going to do. And, um, I, I think, um, sometimes it takes about until you're just on the verge of moving again. And then they finally get comfortable that they've, they've hung out with somebody and then wham, you gotta, you gotta move them again. Surprise. <laughs> Surprise. We're going to go again. Um, so, so yeah, it's a, you know, it's, it's an over and over thing and, um, and it's hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I was little, I, I forgot how many, so I counted one time and it was more than 10 schools. I think that I had went through. Um, so, uh, just between everything, it was a big challenge, but I don't remember like as a kid being like difficult time making friends, right. Or fitting in because it was all like around a military installation. And, and so there wasn't a whole bunch of, uh, weirdness to it, I guess, or trans difficulty transitioning. But I think like now it's a little bit different because as an adult, it's like, okay, you you have to think about all the stuff you have to do. Plus like get a social life, a new social life. And what does that mean? And, or leaving jobs, right? Like some spouses are, they're having to leave jobs. Um, especially if you're like a licensed provider in, and you're sometimes your, your degrees or licenses don't transfer over to the new state. And it's a whole other ball of wax. Yeah. Um, along the lines of, of realizing those sacrifices, they are working on, um, spouse licensure and recertification things. And that's like a, a, a countrywide thing um, that the, the government is working on. And there are many states already that are um, recognize uh, reciprocity from, from multiple different locations. Um, and, and the, the military has realized it and has um, provided a recertification of, of a reimbursement, um, for those certification fees to help our families with those, um, with those expenses. Um, and, and they're constantly working on trying to improve that and, and make that, make that an easier transition, um, for our family. So it's one less stressor, Mm -hmm. you know, that is weighing on you when you're trying to move and you've got to, so many other things you're trying to handle and get a hold of at the same time. And so we like to have some fun right at the wing. We, we try to do some fun events um, for, again, our family members and our service members. And so we do have a virtual bingo night on the 13th of November. And uh, so it is in the in, in the newsletters that were sent home. And so uh, we had a successful one last a couple months ago, I think it was that we did it. Um, 
and we had a pretty successful time doing that. A I'm lot trying of to remember what month that was. I, uh, <laughs> a lot of gift cards went out. I do remember that to one particular <laughs> family that kept winning. <laughs> um, and so we hope we are going to have a, a good turnout for this one. So gladiator families, make sure to join us for a virtual bingo night. There will be prizes. There right? will be good prizes. Francis was telling me she's working on some good prizes. Good prizes. Um, we want to, again, continue to show our appreciation to our military families and, and, um, you know, some other things that are happening around uh, for JBSA, uh, the Vogel Resiliency Center is doing a food distribution. They're also looking for volunteers. Um, but if you are in need um, of any food or assistance or would like to volunteer, you can reach out to them at 210-221-2055. And I know, Casey, you said some um, really great options for Thanksgiving meals. Yeah, the uh, Operation Homefront, which is a nationwide organization that um, supports military families, um, has a it currently has a holiday meal uh, drive that they've got signups for, um, and they have pickup locations for those meals like across the country. Um, I was just out there and looked at them. Um, some of them are closed, um, but there are still a lot that have um, signups available. Um, the eligibility is uh, when you go out to the event and you find the event that you're looking for, it will have the eligibility. Some of them, uh, there is a there is a rank eligibility that they, they want you to fall under, um, but it's all listed on their, their website and that's Operation Homefront. Um, and, and they do that now. And while I was out there, I see that they've got a toy drive that they're doing. Um, and I have seen them give away homes as well to veterans um, that are in need of assistance and, and, and need a home too. So it's a wonderful organization that does a lot to um, to, to support uh, military families. And they give out like free backpacks and school oh, supplies. Oh yes, at the school brigade, they, at the start of the school year, they do um, backpack drives. Yep. Yeah, so it's always good to, to kind of keep an eye on what's going on there. Yeah. So I know Thanksgiving is coming up too. We have uh, the Thanksgiving Day uh, 3K. I know it's a lot to to get out and walk on Thanksgiving after you had that delicious turkey and all the, the you know sides and pumpkin pie and whatnot. Um, but, you know, just to get out and spend some time, some quality time with your family members. Um, and we also have the turkey part in and just, you know, again, to have fun and show what you're really thankful for. It's been a tough couple of years with the pandemic and then, you know, with a lot of other um, stuff happening across the country. And so it's really important for us to you know, really focus on, on the good stuff and, and what we're thankful for and sharing our gratitude with one another. Yep. Um, and, and that Turkey Francis mentioned is in the newsletter too. So you all can color your Turkey and send it to Francis and we'll get it posted on Facebook. So everyone can see, um, what you're thankful for. Um, I, I know I, I'm thankful that, uh, that we're here again, 
in Texas this summer and we didn't, we didn't move. We've now been <laughs> in one place longer than we've been anywhere since we left Minnesota in 2016. So I am thankful that uh, I am going to be in the same home again this year and not, <laughs> not be someplace, not be someplace new. So, um, but, but I, I, I echo, it has been challenging. And so I hope that the holidays are a good time for everybody to connect with their families and, and, um, be thankful for, for what you've got. And, and yes, it's been a struggle, but we will get through it. <laughs> yeah. It's a very challenging time. Um, but you know, we've, we've made it almost two years through this pandemic. Um, and you know, obviously no one knows what's going to happen. We don't, we don't have a, a magic ball, but, um, it's something that, you know, we have to take it with a grain of salt and just kind of focus on the here and now and be present, um, with what's, what's happening in our lives and just, you know, everything external and try not to focus on, on everything tune out, uh, unplug, um, except for our Facebook page. We want people to, <laughs> to like our Facebook page, right? We have some good information on there. And do you want to share the family, um, Facebook? Yep. So we have, we have, we do have a family Facebook page. And, um, even though we're here at JBSA, I do share stuff that is, um, valid nationwide. And every now and then, um, I come across a post that's for like one of our, one of our, where one of our units are. So I share, share that. So um, any member of our wing, regardless of your location, your family um, are welcome to join that Facebook page. And it is 960-960-CW families, no spaces all together. Um, and you just put in a little note. Uh, there's a little question when you come log in, it's a closed group. Um, just tell me where you are and, and we'll let you we'll let you in and we'd be happy to have you and, and share the information with you. Yeah. We always share all our good happenings and things that we have going around the wing or just around the country. And, and so it's a great resource for our families again, just to stay connected. Um, I really appreciate you joining us today, Casey, and I appreciate all of our military families that are out there listening. Um, I hope that, you know, 2022 is a better year for all of us, um, but I, I'm thankful that I'm here to be able to work with all of you guys. Yes. And, and uh, I, pr I appreciate you all as well. Um, it's, it, you all are why I am in the role that I am in. Um, and, and I, I do it to, to support the families and, and, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm grateful to have that and, and focus on everyone else. <laughs> so families, if you are in need, you can reach out to myself or to Casey. Um, and my phone number is 210-372-6378. Um, I can point you in the right direction for any resources that you're needing. Um, and I hope everyone has a great holiday season and I look forward to talking with you soon. Gladiators out.